I'm Dale Postle with DMB Ranch in Lampasas, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, that big dairy explosion last week in the Texas Panhandle has been ruled an accident. No foul play is suspected. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Cattle feeders are able to negotiate some very strong prices right now but staying in the black will be a challenge going forward. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Central Texas is still experiencing water deficits. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and on Texas Ag Today, I'll visit with Agricultural Extension Specialist Dr. Shane McClellan and his historical numbers on rain total comparisons between 2011 and 2022. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The massive explosion that killed over 17,000 dairy cows last week at a Texas Panhandle dairy farm near Demet has been ruled as accidental by the Texas State Fire Marshal's office. Officials say the fire was a result of the failure of a piece of equipment used at South Fork Dairy Farm on a daily basis. Investigators found no evidence of foul play. The fire marshal's office released a statement saying this was not the result of any type of terroristic attack or any type of event caused to interrupt the milk supply. One person was critically injured in the explosion. The accident now moves to the cleanup stage with the challenge of disposing of those 17,000 cows. Fuel prices are on the rise again, and the timing couldn't be worse for farmers running tractors and equipment trying to get the 2023 crop planted. Texas Congressman August Fluger of San Angelo sits on the House Energy and Commerce Committee. As much as the uh, elites in Washington would like you to think that we can use electric vehicles on a farm and a ranch, we know that's not acceptable. And it's not just that. It's the inputs of fertilizer and feed and every other aspect. So inexpensive and reliable energy helps every rancher and every farmer. And that's why I'm advocating on the Energy and Commerce Committee for the administration to stop their war on fossil fuels, to stop their assault of using endangered species and other programs that hurt the American consumer, that hurt every American family uh, by putting food on their table. The average price of gasoline in Texas is currently $336 a gallon. The average price of highway diesel is $370 a gallon. 
The annual Hemp Hill County Beef Conference has grown into one of the premier beef conferences in Texas and possibly one of the best in the country with an impressive lineup of speakers and information during the two-day conference. Hemp Hill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway says this conference has a very personal meaning to him because he knows exactly what ranchers in his area are dealing with right now. I've faced all these things myself in 2010, 11, and 12 and lost 500 cows and a million and a half dollars in a 30-year dream and almost died as a result of it. That's what drives my passion for this beef cattle conference. And it's the reason that I frankly think that God has blessed us so richly to put this event together, to share not only my personal experiences, but to bring speakers in here from literally around the globe to help our producers make it through, to navigate through this time that they're going through. The conference is next Tuesday and Wednesday in Canadian. If you'd like more information, go to hemphillcotxbeef.com. Texas cattle feeders are getting some record prices right now for fed cattle, but James Hunt says staying in the black continues to be a challenge. With the drought having triggered a dramatic reduction in cattle supplies, if you're a cattle feeder with animals to sell, you're pretty much in the driver's seat right now. The producer is having the leverage, and I think we'll continue to have that leverage for the next couple of years until we get this herd rebuilt. That's Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association, who says last week area feedlots were able to sell fed cattle for prices in the range of $1.75 to $1.77 per pound. And those are the highest prices that we've ever seen. You'd have to go back to the end of 2014, where we hit $172, $173 for a price, which was coming out of the drought of 2011. And Miller says current prices are providing positive margins for cattle feeders. On average today, we're probably seeing profits in the 150 range per head. And again, we haven't seen uh, profits on a cash basis for quite a few years where I could sit here and talk about an animal bringing back $150. But those profits are what feedlots are able to achieve on cattle that are leaving their pens right now. As the months go by, the escalating cost of feeder cattle will present a big challenge. When you sell an animal in a feed yard, your job is to try to replace that animal. And so once you go back and try to replace that animal because of the inflationary cost, because of the cost of feeder cattle coming into the yard, you would be looking at a, about a $50 to $150 loss. That's the projected loss on a cash basis for cattle that are just now entering feedlots. Six months from now, when those new cattle are sold, Miller says feedlots will probably need to get about $1.83 per pound or higher just to break even. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas is still experiencing water deficits. Tom Nicoletti checks in with McLennan County Agent Shane McClellan. We go to Waco now and catch up with Dr. Shane McClellan, who is in Central Texas, to uh, report on the current situation uh, there for uh, crops and livestock. To begin with, uh, Shane, uh, as uh, you drive through uh, the Central Texas Blacklands, a lot of green pastures out there in the early spring, but uh, that can be kind of deceiving, right? It really can be. It's really pretty right now in Central Texas. Trees are blooming, flowers are on plants. Uh, roses are coming out, but it's all kind of deceiving, as you said. That green hue we have out in the pastures, or landscapes, and even in our field crops, 
really is deceiving in the point of there's not a lot of deep soil moisture. We've got top soil moisture for planting some of our crops, but if you walk out, say, in a wheat field, there's going to be huge cracks in the ground and in a lot of our livestock pastures as well. Just haven't had running water or volumes of water to fill those cracks. I've been looking at a lot of National Weather Service data here lately. Precipitation maps from McLennan County, kind of doing some comparisons from 2011 to 2022. Our normal rainfall in McLennan County is about 35 to 40 inches. Lake Waco, as of the other day, was still 57.6% full. Well, I looked back a month ago, and it was 58.4% full. A year ago, it was 80% full. So we've dropped that much in a year. That's kind of scary. As we're in this far into spring, and we don't have that runoff recharge top water. Going into 2023, we've had two out of three months so far have been under our normal rainfall. The only month that was a good above average rainfall was in February. It was several small rainfall events that were scattered out. That's actually what helped us look as good as we do. Going into April, we're pretty dry. We need some rain. That's no secret. 2011 to 2022 comparison. Everybody wants to compare those because 2011 was really dry. What people are forgetting is we went into 2022 extremely dry. That fall, September through December. December, we only had about 5.7 inches. When in 2010, before 2011, fall of 2010, we had over 12 inches. So twice as much, nearly three times as much rainfall before 2011 than we had before 2022. 2022, the official recording is only 20.7 inches for 2022 total rainfall recorded there at the Waco Airport. And in 2011, we had 27 inches. So even on paper, we were dry in 2022. That dry time before 2022, that fall of 2021, is what really set us up to have a, a tough 2022. As we go into 2023, we just need larger volumes of water, whether that's in small increments or, or large amounts at, at one time. Uh, we just need it. We need that recharge water to fill area lakes, fill our stock ponds, and then just provide some deep soil moisture before we get into those hot summer months with our field crops. Shane, as we are here in late April, what is uh, the status of uh, the Central Texas uh, corn and grain sorghum? It's good. It's positive. Cotton planting is is going on in McLennan County, and there's enough topsoil moisture for producers to plant cotton. I was out in the field the other day, and some guys were actually having to skip some wet spots from a little passing shower that had gone through their cotton field. Looks good. Plenty of heat units. We've got stretches of dry weather, plenty of sunshine. That's going to help get those crops up. The south wind at this time of year is, is very prevalent. It blows through our area and does dry out our topsoil. So we'll see how long that topsoil will last. Corn looks good. We lost probably, I want to say around 5% of our, our cotton stand to that freeze damage on March 19th and March 20th. But corn is still looking good for our area. As we get into grain sorghum, kind of the same thing. I'm going to say 3 to 5% loss on grain sorghum due to that freeze event, but it, it was off to a good start. It still looks good with some available moisture that is there. As we get into the hotter times of the year, we're sure going to need recharged water to help those crops keep growing and, and doing well. Shane, thanks for your report. That is Dr. Shane McClellan. He is reporting for us today from Waco. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texans are being asked to turn their lights off at night to protect migrating birds. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there are several ways to suppress estrus in mares. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
As we celebrate Earth Day 2023, we know that sustainability in agriculture requires our entire value chain to invest in our planet, this year's Earth Day theme. That's why we collaborate on best practices to protect crops, reduce inputs, conserve and regenerate land, and help keep fresh water clean, all while striving to reduce the climate impact of our own operations. This message is from Syngenta, investing in agricultural innovation that helps protect our planet today and tomorrow. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There are several ways to suppress estrus in mares. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at the different methods. Last program, I mentioned using hormones like progesterone and oxytocin to prevent mares from showing signs of heat. Another method of delaying heat to prevent undesirable behavior is to insert a 35 millimeter size marble in the uterus to simulate pregnancy. This was promoted about 20 years ago, and a glass marble was inserted in the uterus after the mare ovulated. It seemed to be effective in some cases, but later was found to cause infections and some of the marbles fractured, so they are no longer recommended. Spheres on epoxy-type product have been used with some success as has a device consisting of three concentric polymer-coated magnets that are inserted in the uterus. Another drug that has been used is human chorionic gonadotropin that is used after ovulation to lengthen the luteal phase. An implant called ovuplant has been shown to somewhat increase the luteal phase from 22 to 37 days, so it does help some. There is an anti-GNRH vaccine in Australia approved to prevent heat cycles in mares, and there is a similar product in the United States, but it is only approved in feral horses and burros but the vaccines appear to be safe. There is a swine product available that has been used off-label in horses, but most horses develop fever and painful necks after injection. The last option for decreasing heat in mares would be removing the ovaries, and you would think this would solve the problem, as it can be done with a laparoscope through a small incision. However, this is not always effective. Removing the ovary causes the horse to be in a low-grade heat all spring and summer as it is believed the adrenal glands secrete a small amount of estrogen. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texans are being asked to turn off their lights at night to protect migrating birds. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. The spring bird migration is well underway, and as we approach peak migration, organizations like Audubon Texas are asking residents to turn their lights off at night to reduce migratory bird mortality. Chloe Crumley, Public Affairs and Engagement Manager for Audubon, Texas, says outdoor lights at night can throw birds off their migration paths and lead to other negative outcomes. What ends up happening is birds will get disoriented by the light when they're traveling, and it'll push them off their migratory path. And oftentimes what they'll do is they'll end up flying around in circles, disoriented around you know communities, big cities, and they will often land for the night to reassess for themselves. And then the next day when they try to take off again, they often kind of run into buildings. So they're either kicked off their migratory path or they face urban threats by building collisions or unfortunately cats and other urban threats. One in three birds in the spring that migrate in the United States 
comes through our state. So that's millions of birds that are coming across our state. And it's a really great opportunity for us for ecotourism. They're good for pollination. They help with pest management. And if we don't turn our lights out, then we are increasing the threat to their migration. And one in three birds have the opportunity of not making it. The full spring migration is underway now and continues through June 15th. People are encouraged to turn off non-essential lights from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. It is especially important during peak migration, which is April 22nd through May 12th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Tuesday, but we wrapped it up making further gains. We'll check out all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a somewhat quiet trade in the cattle complex on Tuesday. We traded on both sides of unchanged. However, when the dust settled on the close, we finished higher once again on live and feeder cattle. That nearby April live cattle contract continues to set records. It was up another 72 cents on Tuesday, closing at an all-time high of 176.47. June live cattle up 32, 165.20. The August up 27 at 164.05. April feeder cattle up 37 cents, 205.92. The May up 75 at 211.50. August feeders up 72, 226.07. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Tuesday. No bids or asking prices to report. Of course, we are expecting to see higher cash cattle prices once again this week, with show lists very current right now. Boxed beef prices higher Tuesday, choice up 46 cents, 306.44, select up $1.85, 291.17. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear the auctioneer sound off, it's time to talk to Jody Fry. Jody Fry, Producers, and Cardile San Angelo. Jody, you had a good sale on a Thursday. What did y'all think about it? 800 head of cattle had some pretty good quality kids on offer. Steady to higher prices, better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 175 all the way up to a high of near 265, mostly 185 to 230. Six to 800 pound steers, 155 all the way up to a high of 220, mostly 170 to 195. Better quality heifers, four to 600 pounds, 155 all the way up to a high of 230, mostly 175 to 210. Slaughter cows averaged to high yielding from 75 to 95, still some of the highest yielding slaughter cows 
from 96 all the way up to a high of 106. A few thinner or lower yielding type cows anywhere from 55 to 70. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding from 86 to 108. Still some of those very high yielding slaughter bulls from 109 all the way up to a high of 123. Bred cows and two-year-olds, a few small groups of those medium to heavy bred, anywhere from 1,000 to 1,550. Cow-tip pairs, average to better quality pairs, had a couple of packages of baby tooth cows, had a few packages of good small, solid mouth cow calf pairs anywhere from 1350 all the way up to a high of 1950. How about sheep and goats this next Tuesday? We know of some coming this Tuesday. The weather's supposed to cooperate. I would say at least five to six thousand, could be more. Uh, next Thursday's cattle sale, knowing some consignments of calves and yearlings coming, should have at least 800, 850 head next Thursday. Jody, tell us how to get you. Any of us at the office, 325-653-3371. My mobile phone's 234-7895. Neighbor, that's it for today's edition of Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Thanks for listening to this program on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs dropped sharply lower on Tuesday. May hogs dropped 217, 78.82. The June down 242. At 85.75. Class 3 milk slightly lower. The nearby April contract down a penny, 18.62 a hundredweight, while May milk was down one at 17.46 a hundred. Triple digit gains in the cotton market on Tuesday. A lot of short covering helping to push prices higher. Technical factors also supporting the market as well. May cotton up 125 points, 84.55. July cotton up 155 at 84.83. The December new crop contract up 133 points, 84.21. Corn market slightly higher with May up a penny, 677 and a half. July corn up two, 644 and a half. New crop September corn up two and three quarters, 577 and a quarter. The wheat complex was mixed. Hard wheat moving lower, soft wheat moving higher. July Kansas City wheat down eight and a quarter, 868 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up two and a quarter, 709 and a half. In the energy markets, May natural gas up nine cents at 237. May West Texas crude up a penny at 80, 84 a barrel. In the financial markets, we were mixed Tuesday afternoon. The Dow up 14 points, 34,001. The NASDAQ down 16 at 12,141. The S&P up 3, 4,154. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.